Hello. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to tell everyone about the new Patreon I just launched. That's right. You can join the Woody Die Patreon now. And depending on the tier, you'll receive benefits such as monthly bonus episodes, monthly movie commentaries, exclusive posts, and much, much more. It's an honor to be able to shout out my first batch of patrons. So thank you so much to the following. Waffle Woodworking, John Owens, Andrew and Maggie, Lisa Petersmark, Lex Vranick, Adele Kay, and Eric Barassa. Thank you all so, so much for supporting me and Would You Die. It truly means the world. Now, it's time for the episode. Hello, Sydney. Remember me? It's showtime. I want to play a game. Welcome to the final act. We'll have some fun with you before you die. You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I am joined by photographer, filmmaker, and super ultra mega scream fan, Eric Barassa. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Austin. Thank you for having me. Of course, Eric's been my friend for a long time now, a couple years back since the, since, uh, before the dark days, before the empire. <laughs> and uh, judging from my introduction of you, I think everyone could guess what we are talking about. We are talking about the villain who loves scary movies and knives, our favorite woozy spooky boy, Ghostface. The king of horror. Oh, the king of horror. Already with the hot takes. <laughs> I mean... In my opinion, it's it's Emma Michael. Okay, fair. Because I was about to say, like, really, Ghostface over Michael? But I'm just like, okay, okay, I can, I can, I can, I think you know what? Well, we're we're getting into into this. We're getting into this. I would put Ghostface <laughs> in the slasher Mount Rushmore. I would too. I think it would be the big three, obviously. So Freddy, Jason, Michael, and then him. Mm-hmm. I think Ghost. I think that is probably the consensus one. The only one. The only slasher I can see kind of challenging Ghostface for that fourth slot is Chucky. Agreed, very much. <laughs> and since Jason and Freddy aren't as hot as they have been, whereas Ghostface is back in like just as big as ever, and Chucky, Chucky never really goes anywhere. I think you could argue yeah, that it's Michael, right? I think you could argue that it's Michael, Ghostface, Chucky, and then maybe Freddy. Or maybe Jason? Hell, it might be uh, Michael, Ghostface, Chucky, and Leatherface. Especially with the new movie for Texas Chainsaw, I would agree. I only seen it once. I thought it was okay, but I'll have to rewatch. I have no strong opinions on that movie yet. Yeah, I I understand. But like 10 years ago, I think it would be very easy, Michael, Jason, Freddy. And then yeah, pick your choose your fighter for the fourth one. <laughs> I don't think, honestly, I think Scream 5 has helped Ghostface a lot. Because before five, it seemed like he did not get that much love on the internet. Yeah, because I think Ghostface kind of for a long time, Ghostface, Ghostface, uh, for a long time, Ghostface had to deal with the scary movie 
aspect. Yeah. But, you know, to talk about Wes Craven's other icon, Freddy, I think Fred, you can make the argument that Freddy, even though Freddy hasn't had a movie in over 10 years, mm-hmm. you could argue that Freddy still deserves a spot on the Mount Rushmore because he's still being like referenced and homaged. Yeah, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, exactly. Stranger Things, uh, Rick and Morty, because they have oh, that yeah. whole Freddy Krueger. I forget his name, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just wish that there would be another Freddy movie. That's coming. Like, not officially, even not officially, but um, I, I just like Freddy Krueger. I don't think you can kill a nightmare on Elm Street. It's just uh, mm-hmm. the right idea needs to come at the right time. Yeah. So, but I, I, I know Freddy. I know in my gut, Freddy will return because if, if Scream could return, then and Jason's returning. Exactly. So I I just think whoever's in charge of the Nightmare franchise are just waiting on that right idea. I'm pretty sure it's Craven's estate has it. And there's I've heard that there's been like uh, ideas sent to them, but they haven't liked it. So they just haven't picked up anything yet. Well, it's because I haven't pitched yet. Oh, God, that was super exactly. cocky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey. where did that confidence come from? <laughs> but yeah. I think it's interesting because of like the horror icons. I I thought that Scream was the one or Ghostface was the one that when Wes Craven passed away in uh, 2015, in my mind, I thought Scream was done. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't think I thought that because at that time the show was on. And I, mm-hmm. I remember very vividly the when the season one finale of the show came out. Uh, he had just died, so they had like a in loving memory of Wes on that. And I think by then season two had been announced, but I thought for sure the movies weren't coming back. And like we'll talk a little bit about the Scream TV show, I guess. But to me, that's like kind of like a spinoff. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, it didn't have Ghostface in it until season three, right? And even then, is that really Ghostface? Like <laughs> I don't like season three, so I would say no, because <laughs> like. In that regard, you could say that scary movie is a ghost face movie. And I would highly disagree. I know I would too, but you know what I mean? Yeah. For me, the true the true Scream franchise is the movies. Yeah. Not to not to say the TV show is bad or anything. I, I'm not trying to devalue it or anything like that. I just think it's a different entity. Yeah. I mean... I think what's easy for me to separate it from like the movies is that they don't use the same mask for the first two seasons. And I like right. the first two seasons. Uh, season three, I do not like at all. And I try to pretend it doesn't exist sometimes. Like when I just rewatched the show, I watched the first episode of season three and then just stopped because I couldn't get through it. Fair. No, you're good. It was it was just something about it. I, I don't know if it's the acting or just the way Ghostface is portrayed in, the, in season three is weird. Like you see him in daylight a couple times i don't like that i mean you see him in daylight in five but i think it worked in five right and i think what makes scream five like work is radio silence did their did their homework and they really i mean first off you can tell they're fans of the films but they did their homework Mm -hmm. and they really really worked for finding out what makes scream scream and then applying that to their filmmaking and to their uh, storytelling yeah i I I don't want to start going crazy on scream five right now because i love it but i have my issues with that movie 
Well, I think it helps that I think it helps that like they uh, they attempted to make a movie they felt that Wes Craven would make. Oh yeah, every time I watch the movie and it gets to the uh, party scene when they're like for Wes, I get a little choked up there. I'm a crier at movies and that one gets me. <laughs> but yeah, so you know what I mean, like yeah. So when Wes Craven passed away in 2015, I thought the series was dead, right? There's not going to be any more movies. I mean, the TV show, like I said, I thought was its own thing, but Ghostface wasn't coming back. And I was very, very critical of an idea of a Scream 5 back in the day. But what helped me kind of get over that was the hiring of Radio Silence because I loved Ready or Not. And <laughs> Ready or Not's a movie that's very similar, similar in tone to Scream. I've only seen the kill count. <laughs> Dude. Anyways, I'm like, okay, these guys, they can pull it off, I think. But what really sold it for me was the fact that Kevin Williamson gave his blessing. He was on board for Scream 5. And then they were able to get the the big three, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, and especially Nev Campbell. Oh, yeah. When I see Nev signed on, that's what I was like, okay, it, it's a Scream movie. I have faith in it because I, I never said multiple times she wanted to come back if she right. felt it didn't honor Wes. And when she signed on, I was like, okay, I, I have faith in it. And that was exactly my thought because I'm like, if Nev Campbell's a part of it, then they're gonna do it right. They're gonna they're gonna try and because here's here's the thing, which I like. They tried to homage Wes Craven and they tried to emulate what he did with Scream, but at the same time, it's very much a radio silence film. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, that's how you're that's how you should do it, because Wes Craven was a true artist. And I, this is just assuming because I never met him. But if it was me, I'm like, I wouldn't want someone trying to copy me. Mm-hmm. But at the same I time, yeah. And because I, I watched one and five back to back. So that way I could like get like a recall kind of vibe with like. Oh, wait, hold on uh, one second. Spoiler alerts for the entire Scream franchise if you haven't seen <laughs> any of these movies. Okay, I'm very sorry. Please continue. I'm sorry about that, man. Oh, no, you're good. But I just watched one and five back to back so I could get like a requel vibe kind of thing like because it is a requel. And it was a bit jarring because it, it the way it's shot, I know that it was because they were on sets, but it felt a little claustrophobic. I don't know if that's just me, especially uh, the final act at Stu's house. And so I didn't really like that, but... I don't know where I was going with this. I don't know. I, I really liked the hospital stuff in five. That was nice. But I think it was because I knew that Stu's house was a set. It felt very claustrophobic to me. I don't know if like, I'm the only one having that problem with five. But the whole finale in the house, especially with, like when Chad's outside, it felt artificial to me and very fake. Okay, that's interesting. Because normally that don't bother me. Because, like, okay. I can go into, like, a Marvel movie, and I know that nothing's real, but I'm mm-hmm. still like, you know, I have a good time. <laughs> I The only Marvel movies that CGI has ever bothered me was, I think, No Way Home. That's the only thing I can think of. Because there are a couple shots in No Way Home. I think it also has to do with, like, the Andrew leak where you see him, like, on the blue screen. And then mm-hmm. in the movie, you see him with, like, the CGI, like, put in there. And I was like, oh, I can tell that that's fake. Well, what bothered me specifically about that one is that they CGI'd a lot of shit that did not need to be CGI. 
that's a lot of Marvel movies in general. Right. But when you bring back like the classic Sam Raimi characters, like the mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe Green Goblin and the Alfred Molina Doc Ock, I expect to see some real animatronics for the Doc Ock arms. I expect to see like an yeah. actual Green Goblin suit. So Oh yeah, the I forgot about the CGI Green Goblin suit and that uh scene with the dumpster. Right. So it so to me, it's like that one specifically bothered me because I'm like, you you Doc Ock should not look better in 2004 than he does in 2021. Yeah, agreed. Whereas something like Ant-Man, which is all CGI for 90% of the movie, it doesn't bother me as much because I don't have like a reference point for anything different other than Mm -hmm. Ant-Man's not wearing a real suit anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Is this CG? For some of the shots, yeah. I think they go back and forth. Especially... Is he wearing a mocap? Well, it's especially apparent with all the helmet shit that Marvel's loves doing the CGI helmets on and off. And it's just like, uh, it was cool when Iron Man did it the first time, but now everyone Mm -hmm. does it. Yeah, I know. The Flash TV show, he has a nanotech just mask now and it makes me so mad he whenever he puts on he just touches his ear and then it just comes on i i don't like it like that was cool when iron man did it in infinity war but i'm over it <laughs> agreed 100 and like one of the best parts of the original avengers movie is when loki throws iron man off of the building and then the armor has to like turn on to like get and that was really cool at the time 10 years ago you oh, know yeah. what i mean <laughs> yeah i love i i miss having like a good suit up scene in a movie where like yeah i guess the most infamous when toby's running through the crowd and he rips off his shirt right and then you see him on his mask yeah so i i love a good practical suit Ghostface has always been practical and that my friends <laughs> is how you do a professional transition back <laughs> on topic <laughs> exactly <laughs> i got you because I remember it was a big deal when Scream 4 used, used CGI knives. And I never noticed that. I I think it is because I watched the commentary. And in the commentary, they said mm. that they used retractable knives, especially in that last scene where, spoiler alert, Jill stabs Charlie. And uh, in the commentary, they said that she missed the pads a couple times and would like actually hit him and it would hurt him. Yeah. Well, like in but that case, I'm okay. In that case, I'm okay with CG because like safety. Mm-hmm. Like if you can, if you're doing it for safety and it's, and it kind of helps, you don't have to clean the knife every single take. Yeah. So I get it on that end, but like with CGI knives, I'm okay with it. As long as you get like hero shots of the knife once in a while to like, you know, exactly. Yeah. It's funny. We're both making the motions, but this is an audio platform. (laughs) So everyone listening's not seeing what we're doing, but, uh, (laughs) But yeah, I, scream shirts. <laughs> that's true. We are wearing our scream merch, uh, of which both of us have plenty. <laughs> oh yeah, a bunch. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, I think what bothers me in horror movies is CGI blood. I'm okay with CGI knives, but yeah. I don't like the weird splurt that CGI blood has. I don't think I've ever noticed CG blood unless it's like really obvious, like looks bad, obvious. Right. Like I, for I first started noticing it in like 
season three or season four of The Walking Dead from like maybe season five. I'm a big Walking Dead fan. I don't think I've ever paid attention to it. Well, it, it was so jarring because I never paid attention and I just happened to notice that it looked really bad. And I um, a couple stuff. And like, well, the thing with The Walking Dead is those zombies look so good. There's so much good practical effects mm-hmm. that when they did use the C, and I don't know if they use the CGI often. I because I stopped watching The Walking Dead really early, but you know, it's on a lot. Like other family <laughs> members are watching it, or like my roommates at college would be watching it. So I'd like walk in the room and they'd be watching. It. I'll I'll sit down and watch a little bit of it before I do something else. And I just mm-hmm. that was the case. I just happened to walk by. I'm like, okay, I'll watch a little bit of it. And I saw like these really awful CGI blood spurts. And I'm like, I know I stopped watching The Walking Dead, but the show's not this bad you know but that could have been literally one episode i have no clue it it probably looks great for all the 80 or so episodes i missed but i saw the one where they had a bad shoot and and they had to do what they had to do and i think that's like whenever they do this cgi it's pretty bad but you can you can see it in like horror movies a lot but at the same time as people who make horror movies Sometimes it's just easier, you know, maybe you don't have the mu- yeah. the time to be cleaning up take after take. I can't really say too much on it now, but my last short film on which Eric was a production assistant for me on. Indeed. We had I don't know if you remember this, but we had it. We had an issue with the blood. <laughs> I had to say off pod, but I think I know what moment you're talking about. Yeah. Was it the um, first shot? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I do yeah, remember. So so I'm just like, huh, maybe CGI is not always bad, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, you 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 do these things and you learn. I don't want people thinking I'm anti CG. I'm definitely not. But when something should yeah, be practical, it should be right. Right. Like the greatest movie of all time, Jurassic Park showcases <laughs> that balance oh yeah i still never seen it <laughs> oh my god dude <laughs> i've been telling you for years i know i i've seen one of them it's not the original and i don't know which one it was but i have seen one of them jesus we're moving on <laughs> <laughs> when did you first uh consider yourself a horror fan honestly for as long as i can rem- remember mm-hmm. uh i oh gosh i know the first horror movie i've seen consciously is Halloween. And my grandpa nice. showed me that when I was really young. <laughs> Probably should not have been watching it. But, <laughs> uh, and because of that, Michael has been the only one to ever scare me and the only one that still scares me. Like I, I had seen all the Halloween movies and was obsessed with Michael. He was my favorite like horror movie monster villain ever. So much so that I didn't even like Ghostface for the longest time. I remember like my friends used to love scream and they would ever whenever they would talk about ghost face i'd be like so michael like he's cooler <laughs> and little did i know back then that my opinion would change and now ghost face i think is the coolest villain ever but been, I, sorry i honestly don't even remember the first time i seen scream uh i just know that scream has always been a thing for me like i i can remember one of my earliest memories honestly of playing hide and seek at um my cousin's house and hiding in my oldest cousin's bedroom and there was a ghost face mask in there and being scared of it and then one scene that gave me nightmares for years until i rewatched Scream screen three and like actually realized what it was is uh when ghost face is coming out of like 
uh, she sent me said me on the set and the body bag stands up and was like, come here and give mommy a kiss. That scene traumatized little Eric. <laughs> it was pretty bad. I had, I had deep memories of like watching that and having like a body bag stand up and like walk towards Sydney. And then when I rewatched Scream 3, I was like, that's where this came from. And it was insane. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> and you actually answered my second question because I was going to ask, when did you first get into Scream? But <laughs> you knew where I was going. So I appreciate that. Honestly, Let's... I think the Scream thing came around Scream 4. Because I know okay. Scream 4 is the first movie I seen where I didn't know who the killer was. My whole life, I always knew it was Billy and Stu. And then I don't remember the first time I watched two and three at all. I remember the first time I watched it where I realized it was Roman. Because when Roman took off the mask and he didn't have his glasses, I was like, who is this? And because <laughs> he faked his death early in the movie, I was like, I have no clue who this is. And then eventually when I, one of my multiple rewatches, and they were like, oh, Roman Bridger. I was like, oh, it's the director guy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah four, I think that might be why it's my favorite because it was the first one I watched without knowing anything. And then when Jill took off her mask, I was I was shocked completely. I'm a director, Sid. I direct things. <laughs> what an icon. Love Roman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gotta ask, and we'll do this now. We'll do this now. What is your ghost face rankings? Okay. Do we want to do favorite to least favorite? Or uh, least go least, least favorite. favorite to favorite. Okay. My least favorite. Amber. <laughs> Amber. Okay. Uh, I'm just not a fan of Amber. I don't know why. I I don't know if it's that she killed Dewey and subconsciously I, I'm mad at her for that. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Fair. Uh, I just don't vibe with her too much. And then, who's oh, Charlie. Charlie is 100% next. He used to be at the bottom. He's grown a little on me just because he has the coolest kill in the franchise with Olivia. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, instantly he gets props for that. But Fair. I, I do not love him. And then next would be Mrs. Loomis. She's she's kind of there for me. She doesn't do too much, but I do love her. Lori Metcalf, amazing. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where it starts getting really controversial because my next is Stu. Ooh. He's very low. See, I always say this. I think people mix up their love for Matthew Lillard with Stu because I don't think Stu's that great. Of <laughs> I, I, I don't think Stu's that great. Like, I, everything cool about Stu came from Matthew Lillard like his improvised lines at the end and just how funny he is I think that's just Matthew Lillard but other than that Stu's not a great killer to me but I do I do love Matthew Lillard <laughs> and then also very controversial Billy <laughs> okay I there's just something about him I, I I'm like he's cool he's the original but he's not close to my favorite and then next Okay, these two constantly flip, but just for the sake of being messy, I'm going to put who's at four sometimes in number three. So number four is Richie. Okay. I love Richie. This is definitely my problem. I mix Jack Quaid with Richie because I love Jack Quaid. And so I know hypocritical of me to say that. But <laughs> I just, I, I should as Richie. I think Richie is very funny. Mm-hmm. Ghostface and Paul, like something with Murphy. Shit, it's Ghostface. So I, I just have to have Richie up there. I think he's hilarious. And then next is Roman. <laughs> I love Roman so much. He, I think he is so funny. Not in like an actual comical way, but just his motive. 
I think that I think he has a good motive, like actually. But at the same time, like just go to therapy. Like, come on, you didn't need to do all this. <laughs> you could have just went to therapy. <laughs> I'm a director, Sid. I direct things. <laughs> He's so funny for that because, like, what is wrong with you? But uh, next is Jill, my queen. I love her so much. I know you talked about it a lot on the podcast, but because it's true, when that when she's like, "What do I have to do? To, what do I have to do? Go to college, grad school, work." <laughs> I felt that I relate because I'm like, "Yeah, you are so right." <laughs> the queen of our generations, exactly. Um, and then I think it's very obvious now who my number one is, and it's Mickey. I love him so much. I think we've had this debate, but I think he did the most damage to Sydney and was like one of the best villains in that franchise. Amazing. Everything of what you <laughs> just said was wrong. <laughs> what do you think? No, I'm kidding. Really? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm just referring to your entire rankings. As far as who did the oh. most damage, <laughs> um, I could see that argument with Mickey. The only thing with Mickey is, and I think you, I think. I think the one with the stronger argument is Billy to mess up Sydney okay. that bad, but I can see Mickey being like a second because I argue Mickey because uh, she was fine after one. She was in college doing all good, and then Mickey came along and was like messed her up with that Derek situation. But was she fine because like she was having like trauma? Like she was not fine in Scream Two. Ooh, as fine as she could be. <laughs> And you could say she's as fine as she could be in Scream 3 after the whole. <laughs> so I don't think she's truly fine until Scream 4. And even then, she still has to go through it a little. But Scream 5, like, she's fine. <laughs> yeah. One little thing I like about 4 is uh, that I think, I'm pretty sure I heard this from Zach Cherry. He pointed out that Sydney doesn't have a phone in 4. That whenever she gets a phone call, or has to use a phone, She's it's someone else's phone. Mm-hmm. Well, I never was... noticed that, but after I did, I was like, that's cool. Well, that makes sense, because in 2011, like, you didn't need a cell phone. Like, most people had them, but you didn't need it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and she, I could still see her as being, like, isolated. Like, why would she need a phone when her agent's going to take all her phone calls? Uh, Rebecca, icon. Allison Brie, love her. <laughs> um, I, I love Rebecca. I think she's also very funny. But I, I, I think you, I think you have a good point with Mickey, like doing a lot of damage to Sydney's psyche more than Stu. I think because Stu was mm-hmm. just an unhinged accomplice king. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Loomis was going for revenge, but Mick, Mickey's the one that did like the emotional scarring. Yeah. And Mickey, I it's it's insane to me that there's something in that movie that they mentioned that is never brought up again. And I guess maybe in five, you could say, make an argument that they met mm-hmm. online on like a killer website. So there's like active killers out there that are just meeting on this the internet and then becoming Ghostface. I wonder if that would play a part in six. That'd be kind of iconic. Well, well, it's called Twitter, dude. <laughs> Real. Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Jill did some psyche because like killed sydney's uh aunt yeah and forced sydney to kind of to kind of relive traumas she spent 10 years 10 years like healing from i don't know if jill caused as much psych damage as like billy or mickey 
but definitely mm-hmm. some. And I don't. And then I think like Roman, Amber, and Richie barely registered. Because <laughs> like Sid was fine at the end of Scream Three, and like yeah, in yeah, Roman's right. whole review, uh, review in Roman's whole reveal, Roman's just like, "It's me, your brother." And Sydney's like, "Motherfucker, I've never seen you before in my life. I don't know you." And then he starts going on his whiny monologue, and she's just like, "Can we just fucking do this?" <laughs> That's I've heard it all before. <laughs> exactly that. That's what I was about to say. Uh, I love that Sydney. The moment he starts revealing his motive, you can see Nev Campbell. I don't know if this was like a Nev thing or like Wes, where she kind of just goes like. Ugh. And then she does that. I've heard this shit before. I I love that because right. I think it's so funny that she's just over it. And then especially in five, yeah, like I'm bored. <laughs> that is also one of my favorite moments in that movie. Her just like I'm bored of the year ghost face. Wait, and then she hangs up. Um, I'll give you the correct ghost face rankings. Mm. So everyone listening, these are the official Would You Die podcast ghost face rankings. And if you disagree, that is totally fine because opinions are subjective. No opinion is wrong, except for Eric's. And no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Everyone listening is going to be like, God, Austin's such a dick this week. (laughs) It's just how we normally talk to each other. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, Because we've been friends a long time. So uh, we're just playing around. But yeah. these are just my rankings real quick like i said it don't matter like your ranking is like everyone listening your ranking is the best ranking to you because it's your opinion so but that being said number nine is roman he is by for me he is by far the worst ghost face i i like scream three in spite of him though and i I can get behind roman i'm sorry i just love him Oh my bad. I I can I can see him being that low. I just love Roman a lot. I think he's so funny. Well, it's just like I love Sydney's reactions to Roman, but (laughs) that doesn't make me like Roman. It makes me love Sydney even more. Oh yeah, best final girl. And but I don't think like it's bad acting or anything like that. I just think it's uh um i just don't like the writing the motivations for the character and i don't want to be like i here's the thing i don't want to say it's bad writing because Mm -hmm. because like there were so many rewrites they were writing pages on the day so yeah that is so hard to do the fact that screen three is a good movie let alone a finished movie (laughs) with all the production (laughs) troubles they had Scream 3 is honestly a miracle. So, yeah, I don't think there's a bad Scream movie. Right. And with all the shit that they went through on Scream 3, it's like the fact you finished this is a miracle. The (laughs) fact that you like made it good and fun and watchable, like, (laughs) yeah, it's a great movie. So, yeah. So, but that being said, I hate Roman as a ghost face. I hate him as a character. He's not badly acted or anything like that. I just don't vibe with him. My favorite parts are w- when Sydney's like just completely demolishing him physically <laughs> and verbally. When she throws the table on him. Right. And when <laughs> she's like, I don't even know who the fuck you are. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Sydney. And number eight is Charlie. 
I think you could argue Roman being ahead of Charlie because Charlie's far more forgettable than Roman. But like you, Charlie, Charlie avoids the last spot because of the Olivia kill. Yeah. And I also like when him and headset dude have the uh, have the the um, explaining the remake craze in the in the high school classroom. Mm -hmm. I like that scene. So number seven, I'm going to put Amber. I like the unhinged qualities. Here's the thing with Amber. I don't really care for her character until she's revealed as Ghostface. And then she starts chewing the scenery. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is where I start to like Amber. My One of my favorite moments in that movie is when she's holding the knife to Sydney and goes, ee, ee, ee. yeah, it's, hey, me too. Me too. <laughs> and she's like spitting and she's just like going all over the place. Like Mikey Madison, who plays Amber, she earned her paycheck and then some. She did great. And that's the funny thing that you bring up with her, like the spitting thing. When I rewatched five last week, I when she started like spinning, I was like, wait a minute. I because she's sort of like the stew of that movie, I would say. Yeah. I wonder if that was like an intentional thing of like how Matthew Willard spitting all over in that scene, or if it was just like actually the actress spitting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had nothing I smart to, be, to say kind of there. I, I had nothing to contribute in that moment. I brain farted so hard. <laughs> I just thought it'd be kind of iconic if that was like the point. Right. And I think it might be, you know, because there's definitely mm -hmm. a lot of similarities there. And then anyone who's seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know that like Mikey Madison has the weirdest uh, typecasting. <laughs> and spoiler alert for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Mikey Madison might be the only um, actor who, where she gets killed by a flamethrower. Essentially, it just gets well, a flamethrower in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and then being caught on fire in Scream 6, but just being burnt alive. <laughs> what Scream a typecasting. Yeah. <laughs> what I say, did I say Scream 6? Yeah. <laughs> I, Scream 6 is on my mind. Scream 6 is on my mind. I, can, I can't wait for, to see that. I can't wait for it to come out. But yeah, I meant Scream 5, yes. <laughs> At number six, I was also looking ahead a little bit. I have Mickey. For me, Mickey would have been higher had I not liked the top five more. Okay, reasonable. I, was, <laughs> I thought you were going to say because he's not in the movie much. Well, that I think that might be part of it. And mm -hmm. when he is in the movie, he's just like, well, I love Tim Timothy Oliphant, so that's part of the reason why he's as high as he is. Yeah. But I don't know. He kind of just feels like discount Randy, and then he disappears. And then he's coming back and he's chewing scenery and then he gets good. He's kind of like Amber, where I don't care about him throughout okay. the movie. And then once he's revealed as Ghostface, I'm like, oh, this kid's fucking nuts. I love it. I think he is better when he does get revealed. But I still love Mickey throughout that movie. Like, I know a lot of people hate the cafeteria scene, but I personally like that scene. <laughs> and well, I love his little dance he does. Fault. I think it's funny. No, I'm like I'm saying like that little dance he does. I really mm -hmm. like that scene. I think he's really funny in it. But I, and... I one of my favorite scenes in that movie too mm -hmm. is the uh, sequel discussion in the classroom. Yeah, and I think he's right in that scene. What do you say in that scene? Where he was talking about uh, how sequels uh, have passed the original, and then they're all like name one, and then they all start naming them, and then uh, he goes to Godfather Part Two. 
And then they're like, yeah. Well, they only named one that was like actually better than the original. And I think that's like Terminator 2. <laughs> well, for me, the really? Godfather and the Godfather Part 2 are equals because I've only seen them together. <laughs> so in my mind, like in my mind, they're equal movies, but I've never like just watched one of them. For whatever reason, I've always watched both in a row. That makes sense. So to me, they're equals. I love Aliens, but Alien is way better. I've only seen Alien. I haven't seen Aliens. Well, Aliens is great, but Aliens is kind of like an action movie. It's Mm -hmm. like a sci-fi horror action, which is great and fun. But Alien is one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Real. They're just wildly different. And while I do think Aliens is a great movie, it's really good for me. It's just I, I prefer the primary horror movie over the split horror action if that makes sense yeah so but i love both movies and then and then i've i think at another point he brings up the empire strikes back and randy's just like part of a trilogy don't count and i'm like empire counts dude yeah agree i would i would destroy randy in a film debate hot take that's my hot take <laughs> my god honestly i feel like no, I couldn't. I was going to say I could, but no. Randy would eat me up on that. Well, Randy's just so confident. Like, he gets the alien the aliens line wrong. <laughs> yeah. But he still wins the debate. <laughs> so. Jimmy Kennedy's a treasure. I think it's funny. I'm sure he, I'm, I'm sure Jamie Kennedy got the line right in, like, most of the takes. But for whatever reason, they accidentally used the wrong one. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is true. I don't know where I heard this. It was probably some YouTube video somewhere, but I honestly think it was his video because he talked. He, I don't know if you watched Jamie Kennedy's channel, but he's done videos where he's like, "How I was cast in Scream One, How I was cast in Scream mm-hmm. and he talks about the movies. And I'm pretty sure he said that he just messed up the line, and it, it was all him that he he doesn't remember too much about it though. But he thinks he just messed it up. And that could be like he got it right every other time, but he's just his best performance was when he did it wrong. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like him with his British accent. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So, but who can, who, I mean, I was about to say who can say he can say, and he said, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take his word for it. But yeah, so Mickey is at number six. I do have to give him credit because Timothy Oliphant, as far as I know, is the only person, the only actor to wear both the Boba Fett armor and the ghost face costume. That is true. He did do that. He did the thing. And that is iconic. <laughs> my favorite slasher and my favorite Star Wars character. He's living my dream. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> At number five, I have Richie. King. Love him. I think he's great. And this is where, like, I love Richie throughout the movie. And then when he's revealed to be the killer, I love him for different reasons. Yeah. Agreed. So that's why Richie kind of gets really high up, especially for being much newer. And I do think I do think Richie and Amber have the weakest motivations. Yeah. Although I, I like, like I, I like them. I like the motivations. I think it's good for Scream 5's like themes and thesis. But as far as like character motivations are not necessarily strong. But I like them because it it ties into the themes of Scream 5. So I think they're good. 
But like, I think the next one, number four, had the best motivation, and that's Mrs. Loomis. Okay. That's why Ooh, she's yeah. so okay. high up, because based on like liking the characters, Richie should be ahead of Miss Loomis, because Mrs. Loomis is kind of like a nothing character until the reveal. She's just kind of there to get to annoy Gail here and there. But then when it's here's what I love about Scream 2. You only see her pes- pestering Gail. She's careful not to at all interact with Sydney because Sydney recognizes her right away. Yeah. Because even if the audience forgets Mrs. Loomis or Debbie Salt is her uh, ali- alias. Yeah. Even if the audience forgets about Mrs. Loomis like they would Roman when the reveal happens, whereas with Roman, Sydney's like, who? With Mrs. Loomis, we just think she's reporter lady, but Sydney like recognizes her right away and she's just like, Mrs. Loomis? And then Mickey is like, Billy's mother! <laughs> <laughs> Amazing line. I love that moment. Yeah. So... <laughs> But I love that reveal. I love her crazy eyes. Like you said earlier, Lori Metcalf is a queen. What holds her back from being higher is the fact that she is kind of a nothing character for so much of the movie. But I, her motivations are the best. And then her turn on Mickey is great. He didn't deserve that. (laughs) He kind of (laughs) did. No, he did. (laughs) Number three, I have Billy Loomis. I think he's the scariest ghost face. Oh, he's definitely the nastiest and the most evil. Mm -hmm. But the and the thing with Billy is I love him from the opening to the end. I love him as a character. Like, I would not want to hang out with him in real life. But (laughs) but I really, really think Billy Loomis is the best villain He's not my favorite ghost face, but he is the one that when we talk about it later, he has the highest chance of killing us. Oh, 100%. He's the meanest and he's the nastiest. I think Roman might be the physically strongest, but I also think Roman is bullshit. So the physically (laughs) strongest is actually Mickey. Oh, yeah, I, I was going to make an argument for Mickey. Mickey or Stu, but I would go with Mickey, with Mickey because Stu's a high schooler and, and Mickey's more of a grown man. Yeah, I was going to say, and plus Mickey threw Cece over that balcony. I think Mickey did that kill. I think Mickey did that too, but I think Stu could do that. Honestly, I think Amber could do that. But <laughs> <laughs> Don't do Cece that way. <laughs> she's, I, I love, I love her, but she's tiny. <laughs> Buffy could beat you up. <laughs> no, Buffy can beat everyone up, but we're not talking about <laughs> Buffy. We're talking about Cece. <laughs> but I, but if you look at like the kills, technically Roman's the strongest, uh, because Roman somehow takes down Cotton Reary. Oh yeah, that is who true. is a kind big strong man. And everyone bitches about Amber killing Dewey. No, what's more unrealistic is that fucking nerd twig Roman who gets his <laughs> ass kicked by tiny ass Sidney Prescott, who, in all fairness, is a badass. She'd kick our asses. But oh yeah, somehow Roman, that twig, 
<laughs> overpowers cotton weary like soup like big strong muscular leaves schreiber <laughs> who plays saber tooth yeah like i do not buy that for one second i could buy an a, like a uh adrenaline junkie unhinged amber taking down like a basically crippled dewey yeah i don't like people that think that amber kind of kill dewey i don't i think there's like a misconception that he gets left off the ground when he doesn't right and like that's more but but even then that's still more realistic than roman taking on cotton i'm sorry but oh, yeah, like 100 and then he takes and then he takes down patrick warburton oh <laughs> that's true he sees like, him though that's true like he yeah but I'm just like, there's no way he can overpower Cotton, especially because Cotton Weary drops a fucking bookshelf on Ghostface, and he hits him with the bookshelf, and freaking seven foot Leaf Shriver goes flying through the air. Right, and I was just like, dude. <laughs> but it would have been more realistic if what's what's her name? Uh, the who she was supposed to be Ghostface in Scream Three. Angelina. Angelina, thank you. I was brain farting. I would have bought <laughs> Angelina. Uh, taking down Cotton Weary more than I buy Roman taking down. One hundred percent. I could beat up Roman. The other ghost faces, Roman. I'm not. I'm not that sure. Yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> the number two one, I definitely wouldn't beat up. She'd beat me up, and that's Jill. I was. Yeah, I didn't want to do spoilers, but yeah, Jill would beat me up bad. Well, Jill is second only to billy i think in nastiness mm-hmm. like she is mean and i love it <laughs> you got yours and i want mine iconic <laughs> oh, when she Jill, snaps I, I love her she snaps oh yeah i i cannot explain to you what went through my head when jill took off the mask i was bewildered i was shocked i was taken aback it was insane. Mm-hmm. I did not believe it. I think that was the most shocking reveal in the franchise to me. And then her like switch because the whole movie I I bought her as like being the new final girl, and then just being like insane and throwing herself into mirrors and tables. I was like, OMG. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And she like and she's like a tiny girl, but she's fighting off Gail, Sydney, and Dewey and. Deputy Hicks, like one v four, and uh, she holds her own for a while. Yeah, bashes Dewey in the head with like a potty pan. <laughs> that poor man, I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone, you you know who my number one is? It's Stu. Angelina. Oh, him too. <laughs> I'm talking about real ghost faces, Eric. <laughs> But no, Stu's my number one. He's so unhinged. And whereas Billy's the nastiest and the meanest, I love, I love Stu's just, he's just doing it because his bestie told him to. He's just here for the vibes. It was fun. (laughs) And I can, what a treasure. And I can see where you're like, well, he's okay writing wise. It's really Mm -hmm. just Matthew Lillard. But that's why he's number one, because Matthew Lillard elevates Stu to be in the most fun to watch. The one to yeah, quote. I will agree he has the most fun. And that's why he's my favorite, you know? 
Like mm-hmm. if I had a, because for me the best is the one I like watching the most, and that's Stu. If I had to, mm-hmm. if I had to define best as the one who I think is like the most lethal, then the entire ranking changes. Except yeah. Rowan, he's still, <laughs> he's still, but like Charlie would be higher. Oh yeah, but you just know Olivia kill alone. Like Jill would be much lower. Because mm-hmm. I know you know Jill was making Charlie do most of the work. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because she's a director, I... she directs do you... things. Do you think that she killed her mom? Because in that scene where she's like, "Oh, my own mom had it," I always took that as she did kill her mom. But I know uh, a lot of people argue it was Charlie. It could have been either of them. Mm-hmm. I know there's like videos on the subject that do a lot more looking into it than I ever will. So. I don't know what those videos say, but me personally, it could have been either because Jill was directing Charlie. Yeah. So you can make the argument that while Charlie actually did the actions, Jill is a reason everyone died. Oh, yeah. So Jill's a master manipulator. Exactly. So I think the mother was always going to die. Yeah. And then Jill, um, I think that was part of Jill's plan. I don't think it matters who actually put the knife in her. It might have been Charlie, but Jill was the one who killed her, either directly or indirectly. Okay. I I hope that was a thoughtful answer to your question, because I'm never thoughtful. I'm usually a dumbass <laughs> on this show. <laughs> Me. But um, no, Stu's my favorite. Um, he's so unhinged, and that's what makes him. Because whereas Billy's scary because he's nasty, Stu's scary because it's just he's chaos. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just like when he's like, "I'm feeling a little woozy here." <laughs> my my favorite will always be you hit me with the phone, Dick. <laughs> it's such a great scene, and then of course you have the great. Did you really call my parents? You bet your ass <laughs> I did. My mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. Oh, <laughs> uh, Matthew Lillard. So so I can see where you're saying where he's like maybe not as well developed as, say, Jill or Billy. Mm-hmm. But Matthew Lillard's performance just elevates him to the top. Respectable. I can respect that. What is your favorite Ghostface quote? Okay, so this is so funny that you asked that. Because when I was watching the movies... I made a whole list of my favorite lines from each movie and my favorite kill. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so if I had to pick overall favorite Ghostface quote, it has to be, what's your favorite scary movie? Though. Iconic. Because th- that's just iconic. But if I'm not picking that, it's going to have to be in four when Charlie calls uh, Sydney after he kills Olivia. And he's like, I'm going to slit your eyelid- eyelids in half so you don't blink when I stab you in the face. Because that is so aggressive. <laughs> I'm like, dang. You are messed up. <laughs> if I have to choose a favorite, it, it'll probably just be what's your favorite scary movie now. Respectable. Basic, but respectable. <laughs> <laughs> what's yours? Um, What's your favorite scary? No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine is from Scream 2. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I, it's my favorite. And I hear it in my head all the time, but I always say it wrong. But it's like, have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? It's like, holy shit. And I might be wrong on this, but I think Roger L. Jackson, MVP, 
I think he improvised that line. If he did, he needs to get therapy. Because <laughs> how do you come up with that? I mean, when you play Mojo Jojo for how many other years, <laughs> you, you you start thinking. I don't know why that why I said that because I'm pretty sure Scream Two came out before Powerpuff Girls existed. <laughs> Maybe I I think that was early 2000s, wasn't it? Well, Scream Two was 97. Yeah, I meant Powerpuff Girls. That's a bit before my time. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I love uh I love that line from Scream Two. I I have to say I really like the the um a lot of his lines in Scream Five, like his back and forth between between Jenna Ortega and Ghostface, is my favorite sense. It's my favorite sense. His back and forth with Drew Barrymore. Oh yeah, I I like that we got the creepy man on the phone type thing again, instead of just instantly like, I'm gonna kill you. Right. Like he starts off as like normal and then just slowly devolves into the ghost face we know and love. Mm -hmm. But there's this line, there's this line in Scream 5, which is a close favorite. And it's just the way when he's on the phone with Sheriff Judy. First off, I love how he's just like, Sheriff Judy, (laughs) the way he says it. It's so like kind of like a mean playful like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but i love when he's just like i love scary movies and knives (laughs) my favorite in that movie will forever be judy's i like musicals and animated movies (laughs) yeah Oh, oh my god when he goes by the time you get here i will have gutted your baby boy i'm like damn dude like that's Yeah, he was ruthless in Scream 5. And then she's just like, how do I even know you're there? He goes, have you ever seen Psycho? And it cuts <laughs> to like the famous Psycho shower head shot. I was like, oh, oh, we love a good Psycho reference in my Scream <laughs> movies. Oh, yeah. From and the from Dylan the original. Minette. I said, and it's with King Dylan Minette. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I was I saying like him. ever since the original... I love a good psycho reference because the mm-hmm. famous reference and uh is Billy Loomis quoting, we all go a little mad sometimes. Anthony Perkins, psycho. <laughs> Cinema peaked right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is your Scream franchise hot take? My hot take. I think I might have honestly said it already with the Matthew Lillard and not Stu type thing. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That was a hot take. That was a hot tamale. That that might give me like canceled on the internet. Good. By Matthew Willard himself. (laughs) As it should be. Uh, (laughs) I want to pivot the conversation a little bit. At the time Mm -hmm. of recording, Scream 6 is coming out next week. At the time of when this episode drops, Scream 6 will be coming out tomorrow. Exciting. So. Well, yeah, we're that's how podcasting <laughs> is, dude. You, you you should you should start your own podcast. You'll like it. I think you'd have fun with it. But Scream Six, we haven't seen it yet. This is speculation time. So if you're listening to this after you've seen Scream Six and we sound like dumbasses, it's because <laughs> we haven't seen the movie. <laughs> I also haven't been like combing the internet for like content 
context clues and hints in the trailers. Like I watch the trailer every time I go to the movie theaters, but that's mm. it. I, I'm not I'm not looking for clues because I'm not looking for spoiler. You know, same. I'm not looking either, but they keep finding me. Like I no spoilers yet, but like things where people are like, oh, this happens in the trailer. That's weird type thing. So I have no clue. Like I'm not using the trailers for any context because. I don't want to. I'd rather just kind of here's what I would do, I guess, maybe kind of predictions, which are going to be 100 percent wrong. Um, The only time I've ever came close are to being right was a couple years ago when Star Wars The Last Jedi came out and I got like a big thing right. And because um, this was before. Well, you got to love Star Wars The Last Jedi, because without it, we wouldn't get Scream 5. <laughs> so love that it or hate true. it love it or hate it. it 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 made waves um but that being said there was i think people forget there was a huge amount of hype for the last jedi and people everywhere were like who do you think ray's parents are uh oh yeah who do you think like all these theories or whatever and the one that a common question that always annoyed me was, who do you think uh, Supreme Leader Snoke is? And I was just like, he's Discount Palpatine. Like, he's Real. nobody. And then, <laughs> and it always, it would just annoy me. So out of spite, out of spite, I would start telling people, look, Snoke's a Discount Palpatine. He's nobody. I bet he gets killed off halfway through. You predicted that? I predicted that. Because being so honest, I really think, I, I didn't see it coming at all. That did shock me. I was like, oh, okay. Well, it shocked me because I was just like, <laughs> I am powerful in my spite. In the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you manifested it. I manifested it. <laughs> and I was so happy. And I went to bed like the happy, happiest person. And then I turned on my phone and then like the internet blew up. And I was <laughs> like, oh my God, this is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I still love Star I love Star Wars. Um Same. but but I'm just like it gets annoying. And it's like I love The Last Jedi. A lot of people hate it and that's fine. Like I mm-hmm. I get it. It's just annoying cuz there's so many people who just won't let it go. Yeah. Isn't it wasn't that 2015? Uh 2017. Oh god. Yeah. That's even closer than I thought. I really thought it was 2015. Was Force Awakens uh, 2015 then? Yes, yes. Okay, Force Awakens 2015. But I'm just like, it happened. Get over it. We have the Mandalorian now. Things worked out for the better. <laughs> I need to watch that. I've only seen Book of Boba Fett. Woo! <laughs> I think I watched it just because of you. Yeah, probably. I love Boba Fett. Um, <laughs> Mickey's in that show. When he showed up, I was very shocked. I was like, oh. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so, especially because you didn't watch The Mandalorian, so you didn't even meet his character. When all the Mando stuff started happening, I was so confused on what was going on. I was like, "I'm gonna just go with it." <laughs> and now you're, and now you're like, "I'll get to that show eventually." Exactly, mostly because of Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Fair, um, but I, I like, I like it. But yeah, Scream, Scream Six franchise of all time. Here is my first prediction. I think the go- one of the Ghostface killers is going to be Richie's dad. I agree with that. I think that would be a great homage to two. 
Right. Because I think they're going to take a lot of swings. That's why I don't want to do too many predictions because I think they're really going to take swings with Scream 6. But I, I do think they'll want to kind of, if they're still following the requel trends, when you have a requel sequel, <laughs> you follow the path of that second movie generally. So mm -hmm. the famous one, Star Wars, Last Jedi. Last Jedi follows a path set forth by Empire Strikes Back. And Last Jedi also has a lot of parallels with Return of the Jedi. But that's mm -hmm. a conversation for a different time. Empire Strikes Back is really the the skeleton for Last Jedi. Because... I would have to rewatch the sequels. I haven't watched them in a long time. Well, in Last Jedi... Well, the basic plot for Empire is Luke has to go on a spiritual journey with the old exiled Jedi master while his friends are being chased by the empire and they get mm. betrayed. And then, yeah. W what's the last that Ray has to go to like a deserted planet to go on a spiritual journey to meet up with an exiled Jedi master while her friends are on the run from the empire <laughs> <laughs> and they get betrayed an <laughs> <laughs> empire ray has to deal with like upsetting upsetting revela revelations of her parentage while being mm -hmm. while being like tempted by ruling the dark side or ruling the galaxy through the dark side luke has to deal with upsetting revelations about his parentage while being tempted to rule the galaxy through the dark side. Like the last Jedi has the empire strikes back's bones. And then the other one, um, Halloween kills, which I think is the other big requel sequel Halloween kills. Well, Halloween two, Lori's in the fucking hospital the whole time. Whereas Michael kind of gets loose on the town and then there's mayhem. Halloween I'm kills to like kills more. I like kills. I like kills. Um, I didn't like it at first. The only thing that bugged me at first was the ending. I'm, I'm we're not going to say it because this is not a Halloween spoiler episode. <laughs> it is a scream spoiler episode. And I guess I spoiled a bunch of Star Wars, too. <laughs> That's just a normal day. Yeah, that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so. And I already see parallels with Scream 6, um, with Scream 2 in Scream 6. Our mm -hmm. main characters going off to out of state to escape. And then someone who's like, because in Scream 2, they're, they're, they're kind of following the copycat killer. Mm -hmm. From what I know of Scream 6, there's a ghost face shrine, like a museum yeah, of ghost face. That. Like I have faith in Radio Silence. This is probably super wrong, but I'm guessing that Samara Weaving is the cold open. I 100% agree with that. I think she is just the opening. We'll see, because uh, when Scream 5 came out, I predicted Jenna Ortega was, you know, the cold open, because for whatever reason, I just knew she was going to be a star. Mm -hmm. Oh, you, you really do have powers to see the future. <laughs> I had no, I just had a feeling. I just had a feeling. I'm, I'm just <laughs> like, she's going to be big. I didn't think she's going to be this big, but I'm because I'm because she's been around. She's been in stuff. I'm like, Jen Ortega and Scream. OK, I guess she's good. But in my mind, I th I was thinking she's going to be like the Lucy Hale of Scream 4. OK, like 
an up and comer who I think is going to break big, but ultimately mm-hmm. is just in the opening scene of the movie. I was wrong. Jenna Ortega is a main character. <laughs> I wish I could have known that because I, I learned my lesson from mm-hmm. five, avoiding as much marketing as possible. Cause with five uh, in the trailer, it shows that she does survive and like a quick shot, you can see her in the wheelchair in the hospital. And I, so I had that spoiled for me. So I knew she survived past the opening scene. And I really do think that they themselves have learned from marketing for this movie. Cause like, I mean, she could Gail might die. I hope not. But mm-hmm. it, with the trailer for five, I knew instantly Dewey was done for. I was like, Oh great. Okay, cool. And I didn't pay one, that much I'm, attention been, to the yeah. trailer. Oh, I'm sorry. I talked over you. No, you're fine. But with uh six, it, I'm honestly up in the air. I'm like, I really hope she doesn't die just mostly because I don't want her to. I will be very upset, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I could see it going either way. Honestly, I, I have, I have no clue if she will or won't. I think either Gail or Kirby is going to die. I think it's a oh, coin flip. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be both. Honestly, if I had, I think it would be Gail out of those two. I think they would make a very dumb decision to kill Kirby with the years of being like, is Kirby alive? Is she not? And having fans so excited that she's coming back just for the movie that she comes back to be like, never mind, we're killing her now. I think that'd be a very dumb decision. But here's the thing. It'd be funny. Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, hey, that's funny. <laughs> I also don't want a returning character to be Ghostface. I think the only time a returning character being Ghostface would ever have worked is Gale in two. And I really, really do not want a returning character being Ghostface at all. I think it ruins the character. I don't think they'll do that. I really hope not. <laughs> the only way I see them doing that is if it's Kirby. And I'll be very upset. I would too. But because Kirby is already a huge horror fan and you see that Ghostface shrine, mm-hmm. that's kind of a horror fans thing, right? So Kirby could have been <laughs> really traumatized and messed up by that. But I, I don't know. I wouldn't do that. I hope they don't do that. Will it ruin my day if they do that? I don't think so. The only thing that would piss, like, truly piss me off is if they've made Sidney Prescott the killer, which I know a lot of people were saying that in Scream 5 coming out. But <laughs> Sidney Prescott's not even in this movie. I don't have to worry about it. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I just the thought of an original, like a, not an original, but a surviving character coming back to be Ghostface, it, it doesn't make sense because I'm like, they go through all that trauma and like losing right. their friends and all this other stuff. And then, for them to do that to other people, it just doesn't make sense to me. Right. But the only reason why I'm like, I guess maybe Kirby could work. Maybe this is me playing devil's advocate because I do not mm-hmm. want them to do this, but we haven't seen Kirby since. She yeah. could be a completely different person, you know? She's got she got a new wig. <laughs> See, so, um, I don't think Gail's going to be a ghost face. I think that'd be fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. But with Kirby, it's like if they if they, you know, if they worked at a reason, like if they put did their homework and really put in the effort to make that work, I think it could work. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I wouldn't do that. I I personally like the I personally like the idea of making the character, the killer connected to Sam. Yeah. And I like the idea of there being multiple ghost faces working independently of each other i okay i've seen fan theories about that 
Oh, and really? Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I I thought I was original. <laughs> I I definitely think there's gonna be. I think there's gonna be more than two killers, definitely. But I'm very nervous because I'm like the cast is not that big to warrant three killers, in my opinion. And so I'm like, who's it gonna be? Well, I was thinking it could be two or three killers, but they're all working on their own. That has to be really interesting. So, because I kind of want, here's, because if Scream 6 is going to take some swings, here's what I want. Ghostface versus Ghostface. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. I know that uh, the original plans for 5, when Wes, not Wes, uh, Kevin was writing them, was he wanted like 5 to be sort of like a Ghostface versus Ghostface. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because Jill would have like survived and she would have been going off to college where Sydney was a professor now. Mm-hmm. And there was a new killer being like, I know what you did last summer type thing, you know? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I thought it was really interesting. I wish we got that original trilogy, but I'm I'm glad we're getting this one now. Yeah, everything so. everything uh happens for a reason. <laughs> oh yeah. So alrighty, it is that time. Oh, First <laughs> before 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 we determine the titular question of the show, I want you to pick a number one through nine. Okay, now I know what you're doing. Is it going to be random or is it going to be a game order? Hold on. I'm just going to do number generator. Okay, because I, I would have been like two. You know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, it wouldn't have been stew. Oh, it wouldn't have? Nope. Okay, then you want me to just pick? Pick a number one through nine. Two. <laughs> Two? All right. Yeah. Your ghost face is Jill. Oh, I'm done for. I'm getting <laughs> dragged across the pavement. I, I am screwed. <laughs> Did you see her throw herself into that table? Oh, yeah. She She's messing me up. <laughs> I think you might have a path to survival, though. Really? Here, here Here's what you got to do to survive, Jill. Be like, but, but. I'm a top patron. I'm in the top tier. <laughs> patron out today. And that is my plug for <laughs> the podcast episode. The what do you die, Patreon? No, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> I'll I'll do that at a later. I'll do that later in the episode. <laughs> uh, uh, but if you just look, I'm not your friend. I'm your fan. Because Jill's just a fan. clout chaser. <laughs> Jill's a clout chaser. Would that work? It's not 100%. No, and she still might kill you. But I think there is an avenue to survive. I could see it. But she's she's crazy. Yeah, because, like, I don't care if you're six foot five, 300 pounds, like, muscles of Kevlar. Mm -hmm. Jill's going to kill you. She's crazy. It doesn't matter she's five foot two, 100 pounds. Like... She's, she's I, crazy. I think she might be one of the scariest. Like, I yeah. think in top three of like scariest, she's up there 100% to me. So I get it. All right. I'm going to pull up a random number generator one through nine. I got seven. Isn't your seven Amber? Is it Amber? I think so. Cause it would be. Oh shit. Amber, it's right? Amber. It is Amber. <laughs> so would I survive against Amber, I think I could take Amber. Really? I do. I do. One, I'm not crippled. 
I haven't been stabbed 98 times throughout my life. True. She is unhinged. So that I think it's a 50 50. Because mm-hmm. if if she gets a jump on me and I don't see her coming, I'm dead. But yeah, even then, 100%. like, even then, that's how she got the jump on Chad. Okay. And Chad lived. Because here's the thing with Amber. She's so uncontrolled. She's just stabbing all over the place. Yeah. I feel like that would be your best option. Not best option, but best possibility for survival is she's just stabbing the stab and right. isn't making too many crazy wounds. Right. Like, I mean, that that hurt, but that could be also, also, I know the secret formula. I, I just got to hit her with a bottle of hand sanitizer. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. So, but no, I would die. I, w- I, I was talking out my ass. I was I was trying to talk <laughs> myself into it, but thinking about it, I'm like, no, I, w- I would die. I would have to be in the right situation situations to i don't think she's the most lethal but i would still die because yeah so yeah you would die by jill i would die by amber and everyone listening i don't know pick i don't know i don't know where i was going with that jill and amber too i don't know where i was going with that (laughs) if you're listening to this would you die if it was roman no you wouldn't roman's a (laughs) wimp Oh. <laughs> I love Roman. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, this is this has been fun, my friend. Uh, where can the people find you? I was not prepared for that question. I, uh, you can find me on Instagram <laughs> at uh, b underscore photography. That is where I post my photography work, and it'd be great if you could check it out. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, thank you so much for being part of the show. This was so much fun, and I can't wait to see Scream 6. Uh, yes, thank you for having me. It was an honor. Ooh. Ooh. Got the <laughs> reference right there. Uh, thank you so much, my friend. This has been great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Eric for joining me to talk everything Ghostface. I love talking about Scream, and I cannot wait for Scream 6. I'm sure you'll hear all my thoughts about it next week. On this segment of I Know What You Watched Last Week, in which I tell you about the horror films I watched last week, I watched quite a few horror films, as well as the latest episode of The Last of Us, which continues to impress. I cannot wait to see the season finale. The horror films I watched were Cocaine Bear, Night of the Cobra Woman, Black Sabbath, We Have a Ghost, Red Eye, and Scream 2. It was the second time I saw Cocaine Bear. It's definitely a new favorite of mine, an instant classic. Night of the Cobra Woman is a 1972 B-movie, and I didn't really care for it. While it has some interesting ideas, and the Cobra Woman is played well, she's also in a horror classic, Anjan Hass. I'm pretty sure the film depicts actual violence towards animals, and that's a major turnoff for me. I... I don't know for sure, but I do know this. It's a cheap film from the 70s. It looked pretty real, and that sort of thing happened back then. I do not recommend this film for most people, though explorers of the horror genre should still check this out to make your own opinions. 
Black Sabbath is a 1963 Mario Bava film starring Boris Karloff and, yes, inspired the name of one of the most influential metal bands of all time. It's an anthology film comprised of three stories, the first two which are alright, and the third being actually kind of terrifying. There's imagery in the third segment that will stick with me for a long time. An Italian classic I finally knocked off my list. We Have a Ghost is Chris Landon's new film on Netflix and stars Anthony Mackie and David Harbour. I thought We Have a Ghost was great. It's everything you can want in a movie. It's heartfelt, funny, features a kick-ass car chase, and has a beautiful nod to films like Insidious and Poltergeist. David Harbour shines in a role in which he doesn't even get to speak. I highly recommend this film, especially those trying to get into or get their friends into the horror genre. It's an excellent gateway horror film. I watched Wes Craven's 2005 film Red Eye, starring Rachel McAdams, Cillian Murphy, and Brian Cox. Wes Craven truly was the master, able to create tension and suspense from a film that mostly takes place in two plane seats. The performances are great, and I was on the edge of my seat watching the two leads, their uh, battle of wits. Finally, I watched Wes Craven's Scream 2, a film I've seen plenty of times. I watch this one all the time with one of my best friends in high school, and this film rocks just as much now as it did then. Long live Joel the Camera Guy. If you're interested in this part of the podcast, follow me at Letterbox at TaurusAU so you can see all the movies I log and see my little reviews. You can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Show. You can also follow me on TikTok at Woody Die Podcast, where it's become mostly shit posts of gizmo dancing to random music, I find. You can find the Woody Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer. Next week's episode, Beware the Moon. Until next time, I'm Austin Taurus. Try not to die. <laughs>